Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Live from the Vegas Strip, welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. Las Vegas is a place to go to see the very biggest entertainers in the world. Not only that, but it's also a place to see and hear some of the most talented performers that play primarily in Vegas. Well, today we present a great combination in the act of Rob Garrett. Rob presents the world's greatest tribute to an act no longer performing anywhere, Neil Diamond's. Diamond is a unique talent, an incredible live act that performed for over 40 years, and Rob brings back all those years from the early days of the 1960s all the way ahead to the 21st century. You'll meet Rob in just a moment. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here as well to discuss the gambling spot just south of Vegas, Laughlin, Nevada. Mr. Big is also here along with Hero School creator, Tiger Todd. Well, you know, we have a lot of tribute artists on. They're very good. Vegas has some of the very best. And we're going to bring you the cream of the crop, really one of the really fantastic ones. He does Neil Diamond. And you'd swear, not only does he look like Neil Diamond, but he sounds like Neil Diamond. And with Neil not performing anymore for health reasons, uh, you got to go. You got to see Rob Garrett. He'll be doing this for a lot of years. But any chance you have to see him, he's going to be performing two shows as Neil Diamond for Arizona Charlie's anniversary celebration, which is a big deal. Arizona Charlie's is a cool place, that, uh, particularly if you live in Vegas, you know about it. And if you don't, make your plans. So let's talk about it. Rob Garrett, welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, it's got to be kind of exciting to go to Arizona Charlie's just simply because it's been around a while it's it's really renowned around town and i think uh, people that have come to visit should make the trip over there it should be a lot of fun hello it's good to talk to you again uh, and um thank you for having me on the show and uh you know it's funny because this is their 34th anniversary Steve. I, I was actually living in town when they opened i believe it was 88 and uh and and, and i was living in that area this will be my first time performing there, so not only am I performing there, it's going to be another first, is that uh, uh, because it is their anniversary, they've asked me to do something I've never done before, and that's performing two two-hour shows in one evening. Yeah, that's something. I almost think that kind of, you, you got to go in with a lot of rest and so forth. I mean, that's four hours of entertaining in one day. That's a big deal, right? I mean, it's something that, uh, like you said, you haven't done it. Most people won't do anymore. Even in the days of, uh, of old Vegas, when, you know, when I lived here and I used to go see uh, you know, pretty much every show that was in town, the, the most 
you know, I mean, obviously back then we had two shows. You had your 8 p.m. show and your, and your 8 p.m. dinner show and you had your midnight cocktail show. But even then, the average show, you know, because of the rules of the casino, were not, it wasn't any longer than 90 minutes. So now, now I'm doing two, two hour shows. So it's going to be a, a test and a challenge for me. Well, considering you do Neil Diamond, I got to think it's certainly worthy of two hours because you, know, you talk about a fantastic book of music. Boy, he's got everything, and, and you do it all, right, from the from the earliest days and the early stuff of the 60s on through today. Well, not today, but... Yeah, his last album came out, uh, I want to say, about five, yeah, about five years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, even in Neil Tate Day, you know, I'm... He, I mean, he would do long concerts. I mean, I think the longest concert he would ever do, again, once he, you know, when he was younger, it would probably be upwards of three hours. And then, you know, as he got a little, maybe into middle age, it was two and a half hours. And then towards, you know, the, his senior years, it would become even two hours. But he certainly didn't do two in, in the same evening. Well, okay, so, so tell us, Rob, I mean, are you kind of like kind of like running a marathon for a singer? Because that is a long time to be up there, and people, and anybody that's seen you knows you always deliver on every song, and it, it, so people expect that. Do you find, like, that you got to kind of really prep for that and do whatever preparations necessary? Well, with something like this, absolutely, because it's, not, it's something I've never done before, and... Um, and, and people, people ask me this, you know, they ask us, obviously the first thing they ask, have you done that before? I said, no. They said, can you do that? And I go, we're going to find out. <laughs> That's, the That's the honest answer. But um, as far as prepping, we rehearsed that week, and I'll, I, I'll take care of myself, you know, meaning that I'll make sure I don't, you know, speak a lot, and then of course on the day of the show, I will bring you know my thermos with tea and right. uh, not talk between shows and and pace myself. That, that's pretty much as much as I'll do, and, um, and we'll see how it goes. Oh, they're gonna love it. I, you know, in fact. I heard from a few people, some of our listeners sent in a thing that you had done, I guess in January, uh, down at the M Resort and Casino, which is another cool place, and you had a b- big crowd, and you did 90 minutes uh, with, with a big orchestra behind you. So that's kind of a good lead-in to this, huh? Actually, I did about 100 minutes, and, and, and that's doing 90 to 100 minutes uh, has, been norm, has always been the norm for me, always. Um, uh, you know, I, this is the way I looked at, you know, Neil Diamond in, in, in his later years, even when I saw him at his last concert, which I did, he was doing two hours. And I thought, well, all right, you know, if this guy at, you know, 78, 79 can do two hours, then, then I can do, I should be able to do an hour and 40 minutes. And, and that's what we did at the end. And it was in the midst of uh, the Omicron resurgence. So I was a nervous about what the turnout was going to be because the place, the pavilion, holds eighteen hundred people. But there, there were there were upwards, you know, there were between seventeen and eighteen hundred people in that room. And you're right, I did have I had seventeen pieces backing me up. So 
that was a first as well. Yeah, was that? A, it's got to be fun, right? I mean, you can do a lot with your voice, but to have that behind you just—it's got to excite you, I would imagine. It, 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 it totally excited me. I mean, they—they they actually asked me. They actually requested of me to bring in an orchestra. Back with more in just a moment from Rob Garrett, who is appearing in a couple of very special shows on Saturday, April 30th at Arizona Charlie's Anniversary Celebration. Showtimes are 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. For great classic sports, it's sports. R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rock and Tours. Later today on Sports Rock and Tours, part two of our conversation with pitcher Carl Erskine, a longtime veteran who threw for the Dodgers organization, most of it in Brooklyn. Also on the show, the incredible story about an NFL star that hits hard times and his very unique friendship with a newspaper reporter. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and help you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295. Again, 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295. You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balisteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. Man, I had a rough night's sleep. Boy, I got a letter from the IRS yesterday, and I I just couldn't sleep. Man, I'm dying here. Somebody help me. IRS problems affect more than just your finances. If you're ready to take back control of your life and you owe more than $10,000, you need to call the tax doctor. Their expert staff can immediately protect you from the IRS and state collectors and get you the best possible tax settlement guaranteed. The IRS has recently released new programs geared in helping struggling taxpayers where you may qualify to settle your tax debt and wipe out up to 85% or more of what you currently owe. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor right now. See if you qualify to pay less. Call 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983. Again, 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983. 
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Rob Garrett, who was born and raised in New York City and had many musical influences growing up, including Elvis, the Beatles, and of course, Neil Diamond. talk a little in case people you've been on the show a few times but i want to let them know again you grew up what in brooklyn uh in in queens uh like uh, neil diamond right. did when did you decide or what was the moment where like wow i love this guy's music and i can think that because you kind of did have dedicated your life to it and i think it's it's incredible because it reminds people kind of how powerful Neil Diamond is. And his music, I find, is kind of interesting. It doesn't fit a particular genre. It can be played in a, you know, from somebody who's worked in radio all their lives. A lot of different types of stations can play Neil Diamond music, which I, I think is a tribute to him. That is absolutely, absolutely true. And in and, and, and a similar way, similar way where, you know, uh, even though Elvis is known as the king of rock, well, Elvis sang everything. And, so, and, and Neil wrote and sang um, all types of music. So I was, I was always a fan since a little boy. Um, you know, since here in Sweet Caroline as a little, very little kid. And, um, of course, at that time, I had no idea I was going to be doing what I'm doing. But, um, I can't, I moved to Vegas in 74 with my parents moved us from New York, as you said. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens. And, uh, I just knew, even at a very, very, very young age, not that I wanted to be Neil Diamond, but I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a musician. I learned how to play guitar at 14, and now I was living in Vegas, and I was enraptured by the entertainment, not so much the gambling, but uh, I was taken in by the entertainment and all the, you know, all the great entertainment we had there. And for starting in 1980, I formed my own uh, band, I mean, my own cover band, and we did, you know, we were fairly successful. It was called uh, Rock and Roll Heaven, and we worked, you know, we started out in dingy bars and went to nicer bars and then to clubs and then to lounges and then even occasionally picked up a show. And so we did, we got to travel to London and all so we did things most cover bands didn't do. But along, uh, during those years, along, along the time I was performing you know, the 15 years in Rock and Roll Heaven, um, I did a lot of the environment stuff because he was one of my um, musical, musical idols, if you will. So anytime I, my thing was that when I did the song, we, we specialized in 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s music. And I, when, I, when I did a song by somebody, I would try, um, at least to the best of my ability, to try to make it sound like that person. And um, when, we came to Neil, when it came to Neil Diamond, it caught a lot of attention. And for years and years and years, I heard, gosh, um, you know, Rob, you know, when, when you do Neil Diamond songs, you sound just like him. Uh, I don't understand why you're not trying out or uh, auditioning for Legends in Concert. And I heard that for many years, including the, my friends that worked in Legends in Concert. They become macho. So I, I guess after 15 years, when I felt in Las Vegas, I had pretty much you know, accomplished everything you can with a cover band. Um, I just made the decision, you know, basically for a... Uh, for monetary reasons, because I knew, you know, and uh, the tribute acts got paid better than being a typical, you know, band guy. So um, I, I auditioned for the one in Vegas, and at the time, the producer would, would not give me the time of day, 
and, and um, forget an audition, but I remember my friend, uh, my buddy Jonathan Vandana, who was, you know, one of the first Elvis's in Legends of Concert in 83 when it first opened, he was now transferred over to the Legends of Concert in Hawaii, you know, because they had shows, as you know, you know, all over the country, a few of them. So I sent him a video, and he said, hey, I, you know, I didn't even know you did any of mine. And I said, well, I, neither did I, but it's, I'm going to try it. And, and he took it to the boss, who happened to be Paul Revere of, of the Razors. Uh, he, was, he was part owner of the show in Hawaii, only, only the show in Hawaii, and he was also the production manager and director. So uh, my, uh, at the time, they weren't ready to hire. I thought I was getting rushed off. Uh, long story short, they, um, Paul Revere called me about nine months later and said, uh, uh, Rob, you know, Paul Revere, he's only from Hawaii, so then we love the video. And, um, but we weren't ready to hire not, you know, back then, but we are now. And we've had the Neil Diamond Act in a show before. So I'm coming to Vegas to do a show at the Showboat. I don't know if you remember that place. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And he said, uh, I'd like to audition you one-on-one. If you could set that up for me. And me and my band were playing at a club, uh, an obscure club that's not even around anymore at that particular time. And I set up an afternoon rehearsal. And he auditioned me one-on-one, all I was saying, I think like four songs to track. And, uh, you know, all I had, because it was the afternoon, were a few friends from World Support that showed up. And he watched me, and I could see him smiling, and I'm thinking, oh, like, this is a good sign, he's smiling. And then um, he came up to me, and he said, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and I'll never forget these words from Paul Revere. He said, what you just did is one of the hardest things any entertainer can do. And I, I actually knew what he meant. And he said, you just auditioned for me one-on-one with no band, no audience, and you did a great job. So he said, how do you feel about coming to Hawaii for a few months? And obviously, that was not a tough uh, yeah. question to respond to. And um, I ended up being there three years. So, and, then, and then, of course, when I came back after three years, I worked a little bit for the Legends in concert here in Vegas and all, all over the country. That that's what got me started. And I, I, I always, but I, but I always was a Neil Diamond fan. More with Rob Garrett in a few moments. Rob has performed his show at more venues in Las Vegas than any other tribute artist in the industry. Well, Tiger Todd is here. Last week, Tiger told us how he came up with his unique approach to homelessness. Today, Tiger tells us if his initial success drove him to pursue even more. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I, I'll say that I thoroughly enjoy, enjoy and really enjoyed doing those very first uh, set of schools and assemblies. You're right, I got hooked on it. You know, I was doing 40, 50 a year um, and many times more than, more than I was paying to do them. Um, and, uh, you know, you could see the results and you could have that thing about the kids. I think, you know, as you get older, then you say, why am I still doing it this way? And I'm the only one. And then I, you know, I remember, I remember one day I saw, I was at the air, I was at an airport and I saw this, um, you know, big banner that was obviously paid for by whatever city or county that was. And, uh, and they said, volunteer in our schools. And I'm thinking, um, they want, you know, business leaders, nurses, whatever, volunteer to talk to our kids. I'm thinking, you know, you're paying people in there and now you're asking the people who you think are going to really help and they're going to volunteer, then clearly there's an underlying problem to solve. And I think that's what keeps me up at night is to kind of, you know, okay, how do you now solve the systemic problems that led us here? 
More with Tiger Todd of Hero School again next week. In the meantime, learn all you can about Hero School. They're igniting rapid and lasting change with the homeless, houseless, and hopeless at the speed of movies. All you have to do is visit heroschool.us. That's heroschool.us. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and I'm chatting with Rob Garrett, who has received a number of awards over the years for his tribute to Neil Diamond, including Male Tribute Artist of the Year in Las Vegas in 2013. impressed with and I think people don't realize there are people all over the country that will sing different songs they do kind of like really their impressions and that's fine you know it can be entertaining but what you do and, and really what some of these really great uh, tribute artists do is you dive into it I mean you, you got to make these people feel like they're seeing Neil Diamond and you definitely do that and, and I'm thinking there's a lot of pressure on because there's all that different type of music that we talked about before that Neil Diamond sings and you got to constant. I would imagine you got to constantly study that. You 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 want to give them that experience, and f- to be as successful as you have, you have to sell that. Absolutely, and I even want to add that. Uh, and I'm not saying every tribute artist does this. I, I don't even think most do it, but uh, they probably should. But but um, I when I got that job, when Paul Revere gave me that job. You know, when I was going to Hawaii, I knew I wanted to make him, you know, uh, proud of me. He became my boss, my mentor, my friend. So he was giving me a big break, you know, like, you know, as far as the opportunity of a lifetime, as far as I was concerned. So I, maybe a little unnaturally, you know, started uh, watching every video I, I mean, at that time, eBay had, was a new thing, but it was around, and I was buying pirate videos and bootleg videos, and I was listening to obscure recordings and pirate recordings, and even when I went to Legends and I got this job, you know, I would go to rehearsal um, while dressing uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half before everybody else, because it had, it had one of those combination, uh, those little TV, VCR units, so... You know, and um, I, you know, and I or, or DVD units, and I start while I was getting ready, just studying him 
every mannerism, every little nuance, every vocal inflection. And again, I don't know that, I'm pretty sure every tribute artist doesn't do that. But listen, I, I did it no differently. The way I look at it is I did it no differently than someone like, um, let's say like Jamie Foxx taking on the role right. of Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Okay, um, any any accomplished actor that, that takes on that role, or the new guy that's going to be Elvis in June, Oscar Butler, you know, or or, the, or Rami, I forget his last name, the guy that did Prince, um, they, they, they don't do anything different than I would. They they just become enwrapped, engulfed by their character, and uh, and they study them, you know, twenty four seven, and and that's what I did. Yeah. Well, you kind of like we did with Dan- Daniel Day Lewis did with Lincoln, where you, you exactly. kind of become him, you know. Exactly. The, the only difference was with, and and that's that's a good analogy. But the only difference was, from what I understand, Daniel Day Lewis stayed in character even when he, even when he wasn't being, I'm sorry, but he wasn't being Abraham Lincoln, which is something obviously I did not do. But uh, but 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 I will say I probably went to the extent. Uh, of researching my character and uh, and dissecting my character and studying my character in the same sense he did. Well, what's interesting about that, too, is a lot of people might think, because, you know, I know Neil Diamond put out a couple of live albums or what have you over time. A lot of them. Well, yeah, and you've studied that, but you're, like, getting these little, uh, all these different concerts and stuff, and I I would imagine that's kind of a good way to really get a feel for him, because maybe he doesn't sing each song exactly the same way each time, and it's kind of cool for you to see it and go, okay, what, you know, what are the similarities? Do I want to change that? Did you find any of that while you were doing this? As you got older, did it change, or how? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of, all, first of all, I have to know that I saw him 17 times in concert. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, and I saw him when he opened the Aladdin Theater for the Performing Arts. I went with my mom in, it was in July of 76, which was our bicentennial weekend. And um, that, that was the first time he ever played Vegas. So I went as a little kid and, and, and watched him, you know, and at that time I had seen Elvis maybe 21 times. And, um, and you know, to me, nobody could touch Elvis, nobody. But I, I'm going to say this, it's the first time I see it on Neil Diamond at the Atlanta Theater for the Performing Arts. I, I watched him, I said, All right, this guy, as far as, being a performer and a charismatic and uh, just a fantastic high-energy performer, he came pretty damn close. Yeah. And um, so, so I watched him over the years and started, I, I started realizing that after probably the first three or four times of watching him, now, it's, and by the way, same thing with Elvis, first, after the first three or four times watching them, I was now more observing and studying them. And, and with Neil Diamond, it was stuff studying him to see what I could add to my show. I do mean, uh, you mentioned that. I happen to uh, personally prefer his live, in most cases, his live concert versions. So I watched what he said and how he set up songs. And, and yeah, I used him, you know, to, I watched him and got ideas and formed my own ideas. And sometimes I would do something and maybe... Maybe it was a variation of two different uh, live versions. Because you're right, he never did anything exactly the same twice. 
So yeah. I, you know, and I was a musician too, so take that into consideration. That, so I, I watched him from a, a musical point of view and said, all right, I, I like what he does in this song, but I also like what he does in this song, so I'm going to kind of, you know, you know, put put that together musically in the arrangement. And, and but yeah, oh, oh, definitely over the years I have studied, watched him, and studied him, and take and taken notes. Well, you know what's interesting? Back in the day, I was a, uh, in my earliest days, right when I was in college, I went to, and I, I worked at a radio station that did classic rock before it was classic. You know, it was really going on. So I never saw Neil Diamond in those early days, but I remember going around to some of these concerts, you know, and you're sitting there in the press thing, and all of a sudden, you know, you see like Led Zeppelin and groups like that. And they would all say, like, in conversation that Neil Diamond was one of the best live acts. I was like, wow, I wanted to ask you, based on that and so forth, the success of Sweet Caroline and the fact that they played in, like, baseball stadiums, hockey stadiums, you know, you name it. They play them in baseball, in all different sports. Do you think, in a way, it almost kind of hides the fact of really how good Neil Diamond is? Because if people just know him from that, that's a nice song. Everybody likes it. But he was way more uh, diverse than that song. You know, that was just one of many. Yeah, it's, it's true. When we return, more with Rob Garrett, who is appearing in a very special show on Saturday, April 30th at Arizona Charlie's Anniversary Celebration. Showtimes are 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel it's that easy so call now and start packing call right now 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 that's 800-267-1806 have you written a book you can become a published author with doran's publishing the nation's oldest publishing services company countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. Call 800-923-8625. That's 800-923-8625. 800-923-8625.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Magic. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are chatting with Rob Garrett, a Neil Diamond tribute artist who's been doing this for 23 years now. Garrett's shows almost always sell out, which means people not only love Diamond, but Rob Garrett as well. He has great songs and nobody sings them better. Rob Garrett, you got to see him. Thank He's you. at two shows on April the 30th. What are the times of those shows, Rob? Uh, the times of the shows are a little different than the old days when it used to be. The old days used to be an 8 p.m. dinner show and a midnight cocktail show. And of course, those days are long gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, will just, this will just give you an idea of the way things are these days. Uh, my shows were at 5 p.m. And 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, let me tell you, somebody who's been around a while, the 5 o'clock, they both sound good, but the 5 o'clock show particularly sounds good because That's I'll be funny. Home. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But really, you know, because we discussed it, you know, uh, I mean, Arizona Charlie is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little smaller of a place than I normally would play up because the room, the, the, the Naughty Lady Saloon, uh, holds, you know, Quite not as much, less than 200 people. So, hence the reason we're doing two shows. And I mean, remember, I just came from doing 1,800 people yeah. at the end. So, the, so, and they knew that. And I'm pretty sure that might have had something to do with the mask for me to do their anniversary. So, what I'm doing, by the way, is I'm, each show is like is formatted like this. Um, they're two hour shows, but it's a, I'm doing an hour. And then there's an intermission, uh, and I change costumes, leave the intermission 15, 20 minutes, and then I come back and do, and I do my second hour. And then at eight o'clock, I repeat the exact same thing. It's great. It's you know, and you know, you, you talk about a smaller audience, but it's a real opportunity for people to see you in a smaller venue. You know, I, I think it's a, it's another reason to go out there because usually you play bigger rooms, so I think that's kind of exciting too for people. I, I, I'm very, I'm very, very excited. Here's another thing: because of, because it is their anniversary, um, they refuse to to, uh, to charge people for tickets, so it's free. You're kidding. And, and, oh, boy. <laughs> no, it, it, it's free. It's, it's, it's kind of like their Arizona Charlie's gift <clears throat> to their public. So seats are on a first-come, first-served basis. Um, they're not designated, so... Well, we're excited about this. And by the way, you should follow Rob on... Uh www.neildiamondtributes. That's you got to remember, neildiamondtribute.net, not .com, .net. So uh, we should follow you all the time because you play uh, in Vegas quite a bit and we want to see you. Rob, thank you so much. Best of luck there at Arizona Charlie's and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Time now for another visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of vitalvegas.com. Today's conversation talks about some of the other gambling and entertainment spots in the state of Nevada. 
The city of Laughlin, if people aren't familiar or haven't been out here, it's what, about two hours from here and it's a whole nother world. And if you just want to gamble and you want to gamble cheap, have people talked to you much? I mean, is it any kind of a destination at all, do you think, that people should see? You've asked the right person because vitallaughlin.com, I, I don't care about Laughlin or Reno or anywhere else. I cannot understand why anybody would go anywhere other than Las Vegas. They're just these lesser, they're the bastard stepchildren of Las Vegas. They're Vegas wannabes. They're, there's none of the magical part of casinos. There's just the slots. And the food's okay. And there might be a body of water nearby. But come on. There's no, there's just no comparison. There, it's just this kind of lesser version of Vegas. It's a spot, it's, you know, it's like Macau. It wants to be Vegas. It's not Vegas. Yes, they have some hotels there and some gambling, but it's not Vegas. Well, you know, one thing Reno did, I, I remember back in the 90s, you know, people in Northern California went up there a lot and they had the regular, uh, Johnny Carson would do a week in Vegas and then a week in Reno and all that. But what they've done is they realized they couldn't beat them. So what they did was they did more things like these big barbecue cookouts and they have hot August nights and stuff. I guess my question to that is, we hope we don't get to the point where we see Vegas having to use gimmicks to bring people in. <laughs> well, it already, it already kind of does, except when you get them here, they have more fun because it's Vegas. Oh, you want to hear the best Laughlin story ever? I don't think I've told you this. In Laughlin, back in the day, I have a friend, allegedly, who was involved with casinos in Laughlin, and... <laughs> A few casinos in Laughlin literally paid Las Vegas news stations to report the weather cooler than it actually was in Laughlin because Laughlin wanted to steal the business from Vegas. I think I'm telling the story right. They wanted it to sound like Vegas was hotter and Laughlin was much, much cooler so that people would skip going to Vegas and going to Laughlin. He swears that that's true, that they would write checks to make that happen. And I had, you know why? I can't share that story officially because I'm on the local news and I don't want them to fire me. Uh, but that's a, that's a crazy Laughlin story right there. Thanks, Scott. Make sure to visit Scott every day at VitalVegas.com for the very latest on Vegas happenings. That's VitalVegas.com. Finally, the host of the Vegas Crime Blotter, Mr. Big, is here with a big announcement. We're back with Mr. Big, and Mr. Big has got a book coming out that's really exciting. We kind of want to give you kind of a quick preview. It'll be coming up later this summer, and we'll keep you in touch on all of this. It's about Las Vegas specifically. Tell us about it, Mr. Big. The book coming out this year, we hope by the month of August, is called Like an Onion, the story and history of the Vegas Skim, which is really, truly exciting as I got to work with a man I know from Las Vegas who, incidentally, I met on Twitter. 
and we're working on this book together, and we're doing the research as going on now. We're making sure we have permission to use some photographs that we have in our possession and the like. But this will be not a tell-all because we'll never know the complete story of the Vegas skim. But we'll be able to look at many ideas of what happened to me in the Vegas skim, who was involved, and how the operations actually truly took place. I'm looking forward to this book. I think you guys will all enjoy it. You know, when you talk about the Vegas skim, there was a lot of money there. People don't think about that a lot, but that was a way that it was a continual flow of money. Isn't that right? What is really good about the thing about Vegas skim kind of goes into the new information coming out about Tony Soprato because, you know, people died because of the skim. It wasn't all the matches of stealing money so the government couldn't get out their share. People actually died. Not only mapsters, because we can always say, well, they had it coming, but innocent investors. People wanted their money back after they invested it. But some of them disappeared, some of them ended up out in the desert, some of them are killed in the living room. Thank you, Mr. Big. Remember to check out everything about Mr. Big at MilwaukeeMob.com. Great books, great merchandise on crime and gambling and more. That's Mr. Big at MilwaukeeMob.com. Coming up next is Sports Rockin' Tours. Go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rockin' Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rockin' Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate a lower tax bill. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will fight for you using industry secrets that can stop any IRS actions, eliminate penalties and interest, and reduce your past tax bill so you pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor now for a free IRS audit emergency review. Call 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. Again, 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956.